Arsenal versus Manchester City. I think we can point to one person who had a good game today for Arsenal, but we we don't want to get so negative. We'll talk about it today. We've got Jared. We've got me. We've got the Junicorn. So uh, this is the post-game episode of The Gunner's Pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds, a young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Totten and Hotspur, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Ewan. Magic. Aston. Andy, and Miguel, and the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season seven 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 welcome to the gooners pod hello and welcome to the gooners pod season seven episode 84 it is uh, a podcast where we speak to literally threes and threes of you um who are all feeling the same thing look i uh I got home from the game today, from you know, not from the game, but from the pot, from the pub, watching the game today, and I had to surround myself with water and unicorns. Jared, my friend, where did you watch the game today? Were you in your studio of of artwork and uh, and and posters? And uniforms? no, unfortunately, not. Sat upstairs in the living room, took big game, took a half day off of work, just sat there and. Uh, Enjoyed about 45 minutes and didn't enjoy about 45 minutes. So it was a mixed bag today. Yeah, definitely a mixed bag um, and a bag that ended up being full of fecal matter, uh, as I, I think we could say. Um, was it, you know, let, let, let's find out from the people that are on the podcast, which is you and me and potentially one more um, and the folks in the chat, how they feel about this, because I think it's a tale of perspective. Uh, are we looking at this by a 45-minute uh, perspective? Are we looking at it as, from a week's perspective? Are we looking at it as a two-weeks perspective, a season, a month, a four-season, a process? Because, you know, the answer is really different depending on, on on how you look at things right now. And and I think it shows a lot about how you like to deal with pain uh, as to how you're looking at it right now, but Jared, I'm going to hand this uh, this over to you because you're the man who uh, who does the preparation, and uh, and I'm and I'm just the guy who says stupid shit. Yeah, what little preparation there is, that's for sure. And I, I think you make a good point. If you looked at this in the perspective of where we were four years ago to now, you'd say, man, this team's on the right track, massive improvement. If you look at what we thought two and a half hours ago to now, I, I think you'd get a 
pretty remarkably different opinion as far as where we're at. But we'll start it out today, and we're going to have plenty of time to go through everybody's comments about uh, what they thought of the game today and what they think it means for the rest of the year. But we're going to start out at the beginning. The, the big news of the day, I'm sure, you know, earlier in the day, the news came out for you and I here in the States. Thomas Party was in training yesterday. Uh, in Arteta's presser, he said no injuries, everybody would be available. We find out this morning, you know, the, the exact opposite. He's not available. They say it's a precaution. What did you think when you heard that news as far as our chances for the game today? Did you think it was a huge impact or did you kind of feel like with the January signings as Jorginho, this is what we're preparing for? I mean, it was the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning. Uh, I I was up late working last night. I slept. I woke up at 9 a.m. my time today to a tweet from Andrew Allen. Thank you, Alan, Andrew. Fuck you, Andrew. And uh and and yeah, he ruined he ruined my day, and 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 the day was just getting started. Um, what's the expression when someone like shits in your coffee or something like that? Like like l- literally, sure. that's what Andrew did to me today. And I, and so I you know I'm blaming it on him. Um, not good, but in with the hindsight of 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 now having watched the game, that wasn't where we lost this game. Uh, the, the the downgrade from Partey to Jorginho, and maybe maybe there's a valid reason to think differently. But the downgrade from from Partey to Jorginho to me was not the reason we lost today, but it didn't help, and it's of course of great concern. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think there's any reasonable person that would say that we lost that game today because of that change in the lineup. Jorginho, I thought had a brilliant first half, and my first thought, I'm, I'm with you when I. First thing I saw when I woke up was the news that Party potentially was out. I know there was a lot of back and forth as far as whether those sources were credible. But it's the area that you're either in the camp that we're done without Thomas Party, or you're in the camp that this is exactly why we signed Jorginho for when these games come up, we're more well-prepared. And I think the latter for me came to fruition. Obviously, it's easy to say that in hindsight. My, my thought, like everybody else, was a, a little tinge of panic first thing in the morning. But I thought Jorginho carried himself extraordinarily well, especially in the first half. And, and for me, it wasn't necessarily the just the upgrade in talent we would have over, say, a Lakanga with him in there, but it's the upgrade in leadership. I, I tweeted it at the time. I think it was the four-minute mark of the game on two separate occasions. Once he was you know, directing traffic from the midfield, and the other at a dead ball, he had grabbed Nketiah and was pointing out to him where he needed to be and trying to make some adjustments. So there's no question in my eyes that he was an upgrade on what we had as the other options. The question is, is he enough of an upgrade if Thomas party, you know, it doesn't sound like this as much they say precautionary, but do you think Jorginho's enough if he's out an extended period? I mean, look, Gunners, take it from me. Partey's out for the next 18 months. <laughs> I mean, th- I, I, that's where I'm starting from. And if it's anything better than that, I'll be elated. Uh, you know, from a, from a playing perspective, I, it, it's, there, there, there are no minor thigh injuries in Arsenal. Uh, everyone else recovers from thigh injuries right away, um, whether those thighs are milky or not. And and um, it's it's just our thigh injuries are like year and a half situation. We got you know we got your your Thomas Rosicky's and we got all those other stuff. But look, Jorginho was anonymous when you wanted him to be in the sense that we didn't see him making any significant mistakes. And he was everything that we signed him to be in the other situations. He clears a ball off the line. 
um, which, you know, it, it looks like pinball, but it's a, it's a massive thing to know exactly where to be. Would Lakanga have been right where he was to clear that shot off the line? No. Joey's saying that Jorginho was our best player today, which is a it's a huge call, but it's one that I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against. I, I might give it to Saka, but I mean, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's a valid point. And we talked. I remember talking about. In fact, I think it was uh, was it Tom Canton who who like we contractually meant we have to mention him every podcast. <laughs> Someone said like like and, and yeah, it was Tom who said. Tell me that Thomas Partey doesn't isn't fit for the Manchester City game on February 15th. And this was two or three weeks ago. So actually, I'm going to blame Tom for, for, for the injury because he willed it into being. Would you rather have Sambi Lakanga playing in, in that position on the day of or Jorginho? That's all you need to understand whether this was a smart signing or not. You can argue about whether there should have been another signing or a better signing or a you know or a 60 million pound player that, that was our guy for the next five years or not. But this was the reason we signed Jorginho, and he did a fine job in deputizing for Thomas Partey. Maybe yeah. a better than fine job. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't the way I wanted to wake up today. But and, and obviously playing really well in a loss isn't the type of thing to make you fall in love with a player. But um, he, is, he, did, he did a job. He was a professional today, and, and our problems were definitely elsewhere. I agree. And I think that's the the key point. It was a professional performance. A guy who hasn't had much time in the squad, hasn't played much since he came to Arsenal, starts in what is not just our biggest game of the year, but probably the biggest game of the Emirates in the last handful of years, and took to it like a duck to water. In the first half, I thought he was brilliant. He made a number of interceptions. His long passing from a deeper midfield position kind of broke their lines on a couple of occasions. And, and I thought he was great overall. And I think in the chat, King Joey shout for him as best player today. I think is a fair one. It, it, there's always a split decision on that, but I think he's got a pretty solid argument in his favor. Now, one thing you said there was he was really good when you heard his name, and when you didn't hear his name, that's fine because he wasn't making any major errors. That sort of segues us into the other change we saw in the lineup today, Tomiyasu for Ben White, which for the the entire first half, really, I thought we looked the better side and we were in control of the game. And it was a goal that, in my eyes, was against the run of play. When you see that happen to a guy, is is a thought in your mind that this was the wrong substitution? Or do you look at it as every season, at some point, somebody just makes one of those plays that has you scratching your head saying, what in the world were you thinking? And it just fell at a bad time for him. If if you point to that situation and say, this is, this is Arteta's fault because he should have known better by putting Tomiyasu in for Ben White, and you know, when you look at exactly what happened, I mean, if if you if you're gonna say that that was a bad substitution, then then I'm sorry, I have nothing to say to you. This this was a bad moment, and Ben White has had bad moments. Gabriel Jesus has had bad moments. Granite Xhaka's had bad moments. Aaron Ramsdale's had bad moments. I mean, they've all had bad moments. Um, you hate to see it because it is a um, you know, it, it, it gave them the edge to where we had to claw back in a game that we were dominating, dominating at the time. Maybe, you know, not dominating 90 to 10, but dominating 60-40, dominating 65-35. And, and, and it was an individual error. It was a bad pass. Is Tomiyasu a bad defender? 
does he do these things frequently and 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 mindlessly no which is why it was so surprising and shocking today so what was it was it the fact that he hasn't played lately was it was it who knows what it was it was one act in a vacuum that could happen in any situation uh yeah there's a motorcycle landing on my house right now um but uh you know it it it, that wasn't about the substitution it was about a single error made by a single player and i and i felt for him and 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 speaking of feeling for people i am going to bring in someone who i absolutely love uh i'm not going to talk about feeling anything because that would be inappropriate and she wouldn't like it anyway sophie fresh off of her uh off, oh, sorry we uh we're, we're at ease she looks i mean are you at the north pole right now so uh no i'm actually i i i didn't change my whole wardrobe i didn't do like a golden globes oscar thing i just put my union jack hat on and i have the worst migraine oh and and so i had to you take my have to do this i, I we want no 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 no, no no it's good distraction for me trust me and uh, so I had to put my glasses on when I just did the show because I can't read the chat without my glasses, you know, because I'm an old lady now. I've hit 50. Uh, but then when I thought, gosh, I'll know, I'll know Gary what just like. sent me the link. You know what? If I put my shades on, I think this is exactly the tonic I need. I'll know what being 50 is like in a few weeks. And, uh, and, and, and then we can be in the club together. Well, um, I, I kind of told a lie. Uh, I'm 51. Well, I know I know you're not exactly fifty, but you are you you are fifty. You have been fifty. Um, I've been no, fifty. Um, crazy man. Welcome to the pod. Uh, thank you for having me on while I was Good in evening. an Uber. I'm sorry my internet wasn't great then. Uh, you know, it's all right. Phone internet, uh, but uh, great great show. Spitting some truths and and Jared, we we were we were talking uh, not to not to take it away, but Jared. Uh, we were talking about Tomiyasu. Um, do you what's your feeling on the substitution of Ben White to Tomiyasu? Because I think if you ask 75% of Arsenal fans before the game whether it was time to make that change, they would have agreed. And then all of them are suddenly saying that you know that it was a bad substitution because of one individual error. So, what's your thoughts, Soph? Hindsight 2020 is just the best stuff, <laughs> isn't it? Um, also, I think Jared should add his honeymoon image so it matches your unicorn and your pool like <laughs> you know what i mean i'm sure you have something really cool that can and oh, I, I should have added I'm some on. Bounce on that thousand of them yeah his his honeymoon pictures all have me like photoshopped into them uh, sure, of course. With, with with a um with a unicorn so listen i get the sub but here, here's my my spin to you guys on that because so we talk about Arteta having a trusted 11, right? And that he wants to stick with them. They're, the, they're, they're his guys. You know, Martinelli hasn't had the best of the last couple games. Zinchenko hasn't had the best of the last couple games. And I feel like it's a little bit of an insult to Ben White to say physically you can't match up considering you were the dude that, you know, was huge against Tottenham twice when we beat them, Chelsea, Manchester United, you know, um, stood up against a very physical Newcastle team. 
So I have to know, is Benjamin carrying something? Is he tired? Because as physical as Tommy Asu is, fine, I get that. But I think this was more about aerial duels and being able to back up maybe the centre-backs aerially against Manchester City and Haaland. But if we're talking about Arteta sticking with his trusted eleven, why bench Benjamin White? And why not, not start? You know, you know what I mean? So that's the part I don't get, which is why I think maybe he's not 100%. So I thought about this a lot earlier when I saw the lineup come out. And, and I think the thought of bringing in Tomoyasu was sort of twofold. Um, as, as as you said, he's very good aerially. And I think the one place we've been vulnerable of late is on set pieces. And that's an area that he typically helps because I would imagine if we got into the advanced metrics, he's probably better in the air than even Saliba and Gabrielle are. It's an area he really excels. But I thought more so when I saw the city lineup, um, we saw on the weekend against Villa, they played with Bernardo Silva at left back, sort of playing in that inverted role, similar to the way we play Zinchenko. And I thought maybe that played into Arteta's decision to play Tomoyasu out there to not just deal with Jack Grealish, but also Bernardo Silva and his speed when he comes forward. Because he did it effectively against Liverpool early in the year to try and take Salah out of the game. But it's certainly a huge ask for a guy who hasn't played a lot of football lately to come in to do a specific job like that. Sorry, Jared, the, the Bernardo Silva experiment for me failed. It oh, was the sec. It was mm-hmm. it was horrific, and the fact that he only got booked in the forty sixth minute after his what seven hundredth foul on Saka, mm-hmm. like literally, I mean, Saka was to me the first half felt like Saka was a superstar, mm-hmm. and Manchester City tried to stop the superstar. And they didn't care how they were going to do it. And they had a creative player who is so finesse, like Bernardo Silva, out of character, to just chop him left, yeah. right, and center, thinking they could get away with it, right? He was body man. He was he was just basically trying to just end Saka. Exactly. And I tell you something. If we had 11 Sackers in the second half today, we would have beaten them 4-1. <laughs> yeah, and... I completely agree with your thought there that it was a failure. It was the one area where they looked extremely vulnerable at the back. The mm-hmm. decision to to not play Laporte is an odd one in there, or to have Ake or to have Ake in there paired with Bernardo Silva. I thought was odd because Ake is not your best choice, and Silva's not a left back, and you're putting them in a spot where they're in a partnership they're unfamiliar with, and having to deal with Arsenal's most dangerous player without question. And in the first 45, as you said. Saka was clearly the danger man. There were tons of opportunities for him. There was way too much space that they just didn't have the communication to close down. And it created a lot of opportunities for Arsenal. Now, the downside for us is they made it to halftime still at 1-1 and could make that adjustment. And maybe we'll get to that a little bit later when we talk second half, because I thought that was a massive shift. Do we have but to talk no about the I just, I wanted to say, like, honestly, I was sitting there and I said, you know what? I think Pep is saying, wow, what a play Saka is. What I could do with him in my team. That's all Stop I kept it. thinking in the Stop first it. half. Your tongue. We don't... No, no, no. It. But but it's the same thing with Klopp and Martinelli, right? They salivate. There's a, a certain player. And in that first half, uh, Saka was a beast. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how we can go from that performance in the first half to the second half, 
And I, I don't want to, you know, I know you, sorry, I just wanted to say it out loud. And not be able to have our adjustments to their adjustments. Because what Pep did was like, he just said, I almost think like, he said to his wife last night while they were watching like uh, Love Island. <laughs> Listen, you know, whatever. I'll teach him. I would let them play in the first half. And then in the second, I will chop them up like a character in a Martin Scorsese movie. Like, you think that first half was rope-a-dope? I think <laughs> he fucked with us. That makes it even worse. Because, I mean, I, I, I'm willing to agree that at this point in their I mean, and, and I don't think I'm inventing the wheel by saying that Pep Guardiola is a better Premier League manager than Mikel Arteta. I'm, I, you know, well, newsflash, right? Several times, newsflash, but it, it, you know, but the fact that he might have actually just been fucking with us is is a little bit. Well, uh, you know, you just, see certain just, managers just in history, right, Jared? There's managers that lure you in and allow you to believe that you are manufacturing the tone. That was apparently and a Russian accent that you've just. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Did it sound Russian? I must break you. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> you had a guy from <laughs> Moscow on the pod. By, by the way, tennis. <laughs> huge, huge pull having a guy from Moscow on the podcast last Yeah, time, Evgeny, you know? bless yeah. him. He I was feel... great. Where'd you find him? And I, I, I don't mean to pull it off base because no, 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 no. Evgeny's been listening for a really, really long time, and uh, he sends me DMs all the time. He's a really smart football fan, has really good opinions. When you guys do your fan show, he's definitely someone that you know you should talk to. He's you know just a guy living in Russia, and you know it's not his fault, right? Oh no, 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 no. We we're we're not. Yeah, about no, no, bringing... no. I'm saying like I'm just saying because I know that's what you guys think too. Like he's. He's an Arsenal fan. He's just so happens to live in Moscow and he's a really, you know, smart guy. And yeah, I'm, no, I love, he, I love he, that. He was, he was fantastic. And I just yeah. wanted to give you props for that. Cause obviously you're, you're, you know, you're I just didn't realize squatties. I sounded Russian when I did. <laughs> you're pulling squatties from, from, from everywhere in the world. Politics aside, it's, it's fantastic, but I've jumped on a point that you were in the process of making. So forgive me. No, Jared, you just, you know, I just don't even remember anymore because I, I'm not going to no. lie. I had a shot of vodka before I came on the show. Did, did you forget to give it to you? In honor of the Russian guest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on the vodka as well because it's one of the few things I can drink uh, that doesn't have sugar. I always feel like I could just let my guard down when I come on this show. <laughs> no. We're here I mean, for that's, therapy. That's what we love. I need therapy right now. There's no doubt about that. Uh, no, <clears throat> what, wait, let me see. Today. What are you drinking out of today? I was going to say I'm the only one on the water, but I'm drinking it from. Oh, oh look at that. Where is my bell? Hold on. Hold on. I, hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> I got you covered on the bell, Mike. Yeah, no, it's love uh, it. It stays down here. I usually have a water, so I'm not choking to death trying to get through an hour of talking with Mike. Although when it's Mike, I usually only have to talk for about 10 minutes because uh, there, there's no, <laughs> no problem filling time when he's on the show. So, oh, my God. <laughs> Highbury Squad mug. That, that was what that was about. Highbury Squad mug. 
right. I, I could have saved you getting wet and just giving it the, no, the ding. That was, we that we was love needed. seeing you make a dramatic entrance back in. Well, and, and for the <laughs> second time in podcast history, or third time, I think I've, I've maybe ruined my my computer. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna, but we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna soldier on anyway. But we'll soldier on until it just dies out on you. Yeah, and then you'll actually have a good <laughs> podcast after that. <laughs> so, the the one comment Sophie made that I wanted to come back to was talking about their setup in the first half, and and sort of how we dealt with it, and and the change that happened pretty shortly after halftime that we all saw. I don't think there's any question they made adjustments and we didn't, and. Just to sort of put this out there, I think we see this oftentimes in sports when you would look at that first half and say Arsenal was the better side. If anything, we were a little unfortunate to be drawn level. And the way that sort of works against us is I'm sure in the locker room or in the dressing room, Mikkel would say, we're getting the better of it. I can't believe you are going to keep doing what we're doing. And, and that logic follows. If you're getting the better of it, you're creating you know, what you think are opportunities. You want to stick with it. But the other side is, Manchester City, while also being drawn even, can say we didn't get the better of it and we're the ones who need to adjust. So it sort of puts them on the front foot tactically in that they know what we're going to do and try and continue to do. And now they've got the flexibility to make some adjustments, which I thought they did pretty, pretty well and pretty quickly in the second half. And there's one moment that I thought was kind of a, a big shift. But was there anything... I guess I'll go to you on this so while Mike figures his life out. Was there anything <laughs> at the start of the second half that sort of raised alarm bells for you that, you know, that they're Man City and they're coming and we're not going to have an easy go of it for the next 45? I th I feel the tempo. They started taking more of the initiative and trying to control the game, whereas in the first half they allowed us to really play our, our, our game and soaked up the pressure. And I don't know if we figured out how to respond to that well. And I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here at all, but I'm not sure that we've cracked the code yet on how to deal with that type of adversity so quickly in, in a match, right? Where you're so dominant in the first half and then a team makes – adjust an adjustment because they really just made an adjustment mm -hmm. and took over. And I'm not sure if it's because Mikel doesn't, doesn't have his entire personnel yet, but I don't buy that because this is his team no, and he has now, to be able to trust his bench. And he just, I don't know. How can he not see that Zinchenko's not really having a good game and Jack is not having a good game and give Fabio Vieira a chance? What the heck at this point? Like, let Kieran Tierney come on. That's it, that's what that's what you have to do as a coach. Every coach will tell you that you need a squad to win a championship. And he saw that at Manchester City. He saw Pep build that and do that. And so I'm surprised he didn't make adjustments earlier because Pep did. And we're the home team. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I feel is when you take process to progress with the team, that's one thing. When you take process to progress with the manager, okay, now I need you to show me your in-game management and adaptability. And I'm not sure that we've seen that at the next level just yet. 
if there was going to be a critique of Arteta for me, that's it. If there's one area that he still remains, you know, relatively unproven, it's flexibility during the games. And I think part of it is that he's so tactically astute, it almost works against him a little bit at times. And that he'll draw up drop a game plan and say, if we execute this perfectly, we're going to win the game. But if the team's not able to go out there and execute it perfectly, it doesn't matter how good the plan is. And I think he sticks to that too long that he has the right game plan when you have to be able to pivot and say, you know what, that may be the optimal way to play. But if we're not able to do it, we have to have a a something else in the chamber to throw at him because the second half was a, a fairly dominant half by City. As dominant as I said we were in the first, I think they were equally in the second more so. And, yeah, yeah maybe, more so. More I agree so. with Mike there. Yeah, pumped in the goals on us, certainly. And we'll, we'll talk about the goals a little bit, Mike. When you look at them, obviously the first one is a, a, a one of those errors by Tomiyasu. You hate to see it, but it, it happens every once in a while in the season. Guys make those boneheaded plays that leave you scratching your head. Unfortunately, it happens in you know the biggest game we've had at the Emirates in a while this year. For their latter two goals, it seemed to me that it was areas where we weren't at our sharpest and those small errors come back to bite us. Did you look at those as Arsenal errors or just Man City being Man City and doing what they do and putting the ball in the back of the net? Third goal was Man City being Man City. And by that point, the game had already been won psychologically. Um, second goal, I think, was another kind of series of errors. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, on the second goal, once again, Charles Watts spoiled it for me because I happened to look at my phone at the wrong moment. And he, Charles Watts lives in the future. <laughs> he, I mean, I, I just emailed Peacock him. Peacock is behind. It happened to me too. Peacock, Peacock was 45 seconds behind. Yeah, I was case. on the phone with my cousin and I'm like, no. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, we, we've got the ball in their final third and and I happened to look at my phone and it pops up two one city and it was coming or something like that. Yeah, and, and, so and, and I'm like, I'm like, did, did I accidentally, did, did I just see an old tweet from when they scored, you know, before, or, or when they got a penalty and it didn't make any sense because they didn't actually get to kick the penalty. So it wasn't two one, but like, was it, it, a penalty? it, 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 it <laughs> I think that was a makeup call. Honestly, I think they took pity on us. No, that was offside. But but um but Well, no no no, the penalty I'm saying. Penalty. Oh, our penalty. Okay, well we can talk about that. But 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 yeah. no, the second goal, it was spoiled. I walked outside the pub because I was so angry at having it ruined for me and knowing that it was bad news. But from everything that I was told by the people at the pub and from what I saw from the replays, Gabrielle kind of had a howler on that one. No, Zinchenko was okay. Jared, back me up on this. The first Zinchenko lost the ball first, then Gabriel had and, a a bit of a howler, and then the third passage of play is what led to the goal. But it started with and Zinchenko. I, and I think, I think Ramsdale had it covered, if not for the unlucky yet again element of the deflection from Tomiassi. So, I mean, you know. And Tomiassi gets involved again and so has a hand in the first and the second goal. Yeah, no, he does. He he did. Um, shit. Yeah, I know, mean, Tomiyasu a bit unlucky on that deflection. Obviously, one's a mistake. One is an unlucky deflection when you're trying to get back and actually prevent a goal. I don't blame him for the second I one. I don't blame him for the second sucks. one. I it blame Zinchenko and Gabriel for the second one. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, um, we gave him two goals that they probably didn't otherwise. Yeah, but we did score. it. 
Yeah, no, we did it. I, I'm not claiming it's that this was now. The, it's it's you know, this isn't oh that's it's not that top one, of the one. table is not changing. No. And, We've and, led for the time we have, they will lead for the rest. Oh, it's so over. No. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not Listen, saying I did, let I'm me tell you something, right? I've said on our show, and people last week came at me and I said, because I'm sorry, I don't see a plan B. And Kevin even said, what are you talking about? He made substitutions. And I said, he makes too many like for likes. He doesn't tweak things enough. He's not adaptable, right? Doesn't mean I don't love him and don't appreciate and respect exactly what he's done at this level. Again, he's going to learn as a manager. He's going to take it up a notch and maybe he's going to in the next few games, right? Because he's learning too. But he was outscored and outthought in the second half of this match. And I think that if we're going to stick in that second place now, because that's how I'm thinking, um, he needs to Not be a little bit more open-minded. And he needs to... Listen, this Fabio Vieira thing, I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I don't yeah. see it. I still think we have weak... We bought, but we've got. If he was a nine million pound buy, he would have been nice depth. He would have been a nice purchase I mean, for depth. But he costs the same amount as 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 Zinchenko. And I'm not about holding price tags against players, but he's not. I mean, he's not as good as ESR. If ESR will ever be healthy again, can't rely on him either. He's turning no. into like a DRB no. slash whatever. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. Um, I, I'm not ready to come out with the we've lost the league yet, but I am feeling very much that way. Um, we've led for since August. Well, we're just where to wire. We're two teams headed in very different directions mentally. I mean, they, they forget. I mean, we, what does we, the schedule look like? Go on. It, what What are their games versus who? What are the big? What big games do they have left to play? Well, they've got Champions League games left. <laughs> we have Europa League. I, I want to win the Europa yeah, League. Yeah, no, no, that that would be nice. What um, is this? Match week twenty four. We're on. You know, thirty eight games is a lot, but I think the last two. I believe they play Chelsea and Newcastle, which both Newcastle's a difficult one to not come away with one point because they draw with everybody, no matter where you're at in the table. And Chelsea, by that point with the talent, you know, presumably will be a, a bigger threat than they are now. I think our final two games are Wolves, and I'm trying to remember the other, but somebody who's bottom half for sure. Yeah, our final game against we, Wolves. But, but, um, but, but, but by then... We're going to be either fighting for second or third, or we're going to be fighting for the title. And 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 I I I have to agree. I mean, I said I said with Aston. We a have couple Liverpool days ago, away. We have Liverpool away. We have um, a resurgent Leicester after Aston Villa. By the way, <laughs> nah, Leicester uh, shit. No, my but, point is, if we make it to the next, I, 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 I actually think one of our like tougher games. It's advantageous for us on the back end, which is when the pressure's really on, and when a young team like us would probably feel it more. So to have the easier fixtures on the back end is probably going to benefit us rather than, you know, away yeah. at Anfield. And we're in a funk. We're in a funk. None, none of it matters. We, we're too late. In a, 
we're in a full on wobble right now. And the wobble isn't about talent or, or ability. It's about it's going Pete Tong. It's, it's a crisis of confidence mm -hmm. and it's no a, bell for Pete Tong. I didn't hear you say it. <laughs> it's all down Pete Tong. Um, it's a crisis of confidence. It is a natural reset of teams kind of figuring out what we're doing, which you have to be prepared for. You have that's the plan B part of, of everything. And, you know, I it, Aston did a good job of G'ing me up for this game on Wednesday or Thursday, wherever we podcasted. But, uh, but I mean, I came into that conversation basically shitting my pants about the fact that we, uh, now I'm in the pool, but but like outside of the pool, um, <laughs> about the fact that our mentality was really being, you know, how will we react to these bad decisions going against us? How will we react to, you know, coming up just short against the Everton's? Mike, of the world? I don't and, think and, you can talk about that when we played the first half that we did. Bollocks to the decisions. The, the players move on from that. You know, look at the first half. We were dominant and we that didn't take true. our chances eddie had a clear-cut chance i believe it was Jorginho well, that eddie crossed the ball in for the eddie. header um there were so many moments and we didn't capitalize on them and that is the difference where i agree with fans as supportive as i am of what they do and the owners have done is having a world-class striker which is what sealed the deal for city they had the 100 million signing of Grealish come and score, and then they had Haaland put the icing on the cake. I can't, I can't disagree with that. I mean, uh, Eddie Nketiah, for all that I appreciate and and enjoy about him, today he showed, and 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 he didn't show why he's not as good as Gabriel Jesus today. He showed why he's not as good as Wout Weghorst today. Balogun. Nah, I don't. I know. We can have a separate conversation on that, but 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 I mean that. Balogun scores that header. Balogun gets on the end of Balogun the Jorginho pass against, in the second half. Balogun scores that header against, um, you know. No, Ren. he scores that header. You know what? Giroud scores that header. Giroud, oh well, that's what I said at the pub. I said Giroud scores that header ninety-four times out of ninety-five. I mean that there are twenty. Oh, Morte scores that header. Well, I, I, my my son scores that header, and he sucks at headers. But, and so we need to it, talk about which header we're discussing. He didn't even hit the target, Jared. He didn't no, even hit the target. Which time? The first half or the second half? The first, the, well, yeah, both. Exactly. The first half one was clear. Exactly. Were, the second half one. one was maybe more embarrassing, actually. Mm -hmm. That's when you've got to put on frame. You know, if it winds up going straight at Ederson and he saves it, what are you going to do? But you can't put that one off target. No one near him within arm's reach pretty open you've got to do better than that if you're going to be a premier league striker for the long term which you know it's kind of yet to be seen whether or not he will be but i, I thought it was great that one one of the opening lines peter drury who's amazing on the uh on the cast today said right at the beginning kind of what we're talking about he said today's game as far as the title race it isn't conclusive but it is really consequential and i think He's exactly right, and we're feeling sort of the bad end of that because every Arsenal fan who's been behind the team from week one today is probably nearing a low point as far as where they've been this season. And it's those <laughs> little moments by, like, in Kedia today where you see 
the young squad with maybe in a position where we're down a player, we just don't have the clinicalness that it's going to take to win because the clinicosity. both of those, both of those headers by Enkedia, there were errors by Manchester city that left him for a free header and we didn't take advantage. Conversely, Arsenal makes a couple mistakes that sets them up for opportunities and it's a goal both times. That's the difference in where I, we are and where they are. Jared, can I ask you a question? Cause you're smarter than me. I hate XG. I don't really understand what it's all about, but like for that opportunity in the first half of a header, is the XG like 0.9 or something like that? Like what, <laughs> is that, that mean? Math, what, what does it mean? Math like, equation? I mean, I'm not a huge uh, moderate. I, I don't hate XG, but I think it's lacking a little bit, but that's a pretty good opportunity. One that, you know, uh, Gabriel Jesus is in the game. He probably puts it on frame. So, so, so far in the chat, we have Kim Kallstrom, the unicorn, Gervinho, the headless horseman, Bentner, and Chamak, all scoring that opportunity in the first half. And, uh, and, and of course, Sonogo, maybe even. Oh, no, I'm not so sure about that. But, but, I mean, so, well, and, and, and we're not just trying to talk shit about our own players, but that, that is, that was one of the greatest examples of personnel problems that we have still, even after how we've turned over this club in the way that we have so brilliantly. And we now have a club with value and youth and, and, and enthusiasm and buy-in. We still need people that can do the job and we need people that can do the job. If there's an injury that we brought in Jorginho in case something happened to Partey, we don't have a guy who can finish off those chances. And, and, and I don't mean to hyper-focus on it, but I mean, Sophie, okay. She'll be back. Okay, good. Um, but like, uh, you know, it, it, and, and yeah, we are a year or two maybe off of where we thought we'd be competing and, and and having all the pieces in place to win a Premier League title, but we're in a title race right now, and it's pretty valid and understandable to point out the fact that Aniketia, despite how well he's kind of deputized for Gabriel Jesus and, and how well he deputized in Aubameyang's place last season, he's not going to win as a, a Premier League. You know, it, it's, it's hard to disagree that with Eddie we're – maybe lacking what it takes to win a premier league. But so I'll come to you. You've already given us kind of the, the idea that you think the table is now what it's going to be at the top watching the first half today and how we competed. When you look at that team, let's just say for the sake of argument, relatively quickly within the next month, both are healthy and back. If you look at that team and plug in both Thomas party and Gabriel Jesus, do you think that's a team that has what it takes to potentially overtake city? if they give any wiggle at the top, which is always a question as good as they play the latter half of, of seasons. Okay, so let's see. City um, have Forest, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Palace, West Ham, Liverpool, Southampton, Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal. Oh, what, you know, that's big, right? Fulham, Leeds, Everton. Let's hope. Chelsea and Brentford. That's 45 points. I see them getting 41 of them. 
I mean, Mike, I don't see them losing too many of. No, no, no. But, well, and especially because they're they're all now united. I mean, even their shitty ass fans this is a are shitty thing. They oh, are man. now. They are now just. They're coming out of their shell now because of this FFP bullshit that none of them understand, but they just know that someone's picking on their club. You know, they, I, I, I said on Sky Sports, I was like, it's so, like, everyone was in, in the press today. They were lauding, like, this Empire Strikes Back. It was this good versus evil narrative oh. in the British media. And, and then I was we, like, and I, no, I said, no, but then there was this innocent Luke Skywalker bit about Arteta, right? right? And then I said, wow, uh, you guys see it that way. You know what I see when a guy sits there and looks at the media in the eye with these dark eyes and says, I'm not leaving this chair. That's a Martin Scorsese film. This dude is like, you know, going to war. And it, it it's working for them and it's going to work for them. And we're too naive for that. We're not there yet. We're not. No, we're not. No, we're, we're not, not. AC. You know, we when we're not even David Fincher. You know, we we might be like I don't know. Um, maybe you know we're at that J.J. Abrams romanticism with the Star Wars movie and stuff like that. But we need to get colder. We need to get a bit of Kylo Ren. We need to get a little Darth in us. They have it. Bernardo Silva showed it. This is we why need we brought that. Sophie on. This is why we're because Jared and I have no movie references for you <laughs> because we've not worked in the industry. Um, no, I mean, I sat I in think, the back of a limo with Carrie Fisher, you know. That's pretty hot. That was interesting. <laughs> that's another uh, show. Yeah. No, we'll 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 do a Fisher cast. Um the uh okay. <laughs> but the I mean, the worst thing that might have happened for Arsenal this entire season, as much as we celebrated about it, was the FFP charges from the Premier League against <laughs> against them the day after they 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 just wandered their way through a loss against Tottenham. That may end up being the worst thing that happens for us in the short run. Maybe the best thing in the long run, but the worst thing in the short run because they are now playing in a unified in a defensive way and, 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 uh, and Pep Guardiola knows how to manipulate that into performance. See, that's exactly what it is. And and it's the frustrating part for us because us with the, the VAR and the getting points, not getting points and all that's that different, that's different. It's different, but psychologically it's on the manager to take any ammunition you can get and galvanize the team with it and get them to feel like it's, you know, an us against them sort of mentality and Pep does it as good as anybody in the world. And it doesn't look like at least yet Arteta's kind of got that piece. Yeah, Jared, why couldn't he do that in this, in this, in, in this game at home at halftime for us to come out and, and try and at least don't lose this game. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not asking you to win it. There's no divine right to win a game in the Premier League. Don't lose the game. And I know that, uh, okay, the first one was a blatant error. The second was just poor possession, poor defending. It's just like fundamental football, right? Still, it happened. But how is he, and we've seen him galvanize them. How is that not happening at this stage in the season? It's a good question because it seems like with what's at stake and the position they put themselves in, the team should be up for that. They should be 
taking all that momentum, everything that works in their favor and putting it into the task at hand. And it was like you said, that the last two goals, you know, city took good advantage of the situation, but the frustrating part for me, when city made the change, Ake to left back, Bernardo Silva up on the right side, mm-hmm. their press, which was decent. It wasn't the most overwhelming thing I've ever seen, but it bothered us. And we repeatedly kicked the ball out left, mm-hmm. gave them an extra defender in the line and Zinchenko and Gabrielle, it just seemed disjointed. And we turned the ball over in that place time after time after time. And the frustrating part is whether it's Arteta yelling at somebody to make a tactical shift or just somebody on the pitch recognizing it, you've got to stop putting the ball in that position. If they consistently put you in a dangerous spot every time you do that, the idea that Ramsdale is going to throw it out to Gabrielle and kick it to the corner again and again and again was the most frustrating part for me because as soon as he looked that direction, Mm. I'm yelling at my TV, do not send the ball out there. They're ready for that. They've got us figured out in that section of the pitch. And it's just going to end bad for us, which it did. You've got to be able to adjust on the fly. Part of that's on the manager. Part of that's on the senior players in the team, which in our back line, you know, we've got a lot of talent, but, you know, we don't have, you know, a Tiago Silva at Chelsea, somebody who's seasoned and has seen it all and understands how to direct people in real time. Jorginho is somebody who does that a little bit, but for the back line, it was clearly lacking and and it showed. And the And the repeated offense of making the ball go into a dangerous area you're yeah. just on the dice until they take advantage and and they did and they shoved it down our throat twice and came away with three points at the emirates which yeah. really nobody has been able to do lately so that that made it extra frustrating for me watching us make a similar mistake repeatedly and, and not making those adjustments that, that we'd all like to see i think yeah we we were really bad with the second ball today mm-hmm. we were terrible with that you know what uh what do you guys think of this i think that this loss will eat at Arteta more than any loss we've had. I think this will oh, eat him no more than Manchester United away at Old Trafford this season. More than Everton. Eat him now. more than Tottenham away last season, the 3-0 battering. Uh, it will eat him more than Everton. This will, like Old Trafford, maybe you guys... I wish I could edit this into my show, but it's already gone out live. Because <laughs> you need time to stop and think and marinate sometimes. Yes, people. Um, maybe this is also the next big lesson in the season because you need several lessons. I think, Jared, you may have mentioned that earlier in the show, but maybe this is the second act galvanization the same way old trafford was mike you, and i were at that you, game that was brutal i'm you, saying i'm are you saying talking like, about this being a process no progress still- no progress okay not process progress i'm saying we know we have you go a on a run the same way you did you go on a run the same way you did after losing to united right you now go on a run the same way you did after losing to c Okay. Because we don't face Liverpool until April. I, I would love to. I mean, Liverpool's ninth in the table, but I but I know what you're hey, saying. Hey, we've got to go to we've got to go to Anfield. It doesn't matter where they are in the table. I, I, I understand that, and I'm frankly I'm more focused on the fact that we may drop points to Villa in 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 uh, in, in um, Birmingham next week. But the I, I I don't like I I don't like our chances in that game to be quite honest with you, but which is what worries me right now. But the uh, I, 
and and that goes to the perspective again of the time frame of what we're talking about because if this is a learning experience for Mikel Arteta we have structured our 11 and our 18 and our 24 to not put all our chips into the center of the table and win the Premier League this year we have done what we've done to be in and around the conversation for the next 10 years. You don't think that Arteta is going for the Premier League this year? After... That's not what I said, Soph. That's not what I said. I said that we're not putting our chips. I said the things that we are doing right now are about building a team that competes and is in and around the Premier League for the next 10 years. Mm. I'm saying it's not being done in this in, in the manner of how United and Chelsea and all that try, do to just, just try to win it this year and then worry about the rest later. So, so there is a very long-term process of, of, of learning lessons. So while I've forgotten what my original point was. Uh, Maybe my, making changes against Villa. Maybe that's where you were going. No, well, not, not so much. My, my, my point is that, that it's more about your, your comment about this being another notch in how Mikel Arteta evolves as a, as a leader. Yeah, it has to be, it has to be, has to be. It must be. And, and, and I think that there's a bit of patience required in order to say, you know what? No, 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 no. Okay. No. There's no, there's been patience. Let's, let's, let's kind of speak in the correct terms. There, there has I'm been I'm not patience. absolving him of this, by the no, way. No, no, no. And I'm not attacking him of it either. I'm just right. saying there has been patience. Therefore, this season, we expect different results. Now, for Do me, that has always been, not for me, I supported him when we did not finish in the Champions League last season and we got into the Europa League. The goal was to get back into Europe, right? I did not have a meltdown. I was like, you know what? That was the goal. Here we are. This season, for me, has always been about just getting Champions League football, not because I think we can win it, but because of the fiscal joy it brings right right, right. right? yeah so if we finish second wow are you joking me you go you go eighth eighth fifth and then second no one you and you win the europa league wow (laughs) i mean if you finish second in this season when everyone was expecting liverpool after their quadruple attempt last season to come back and do it all over again when everyone lords Harry Kane and the old Tottenham and, and Son, you know what I'm saying? And Manchester United against Eric Ten Hag and Ronaldo and how that started off and whatever. Why are you, we were you're using an American accent. I don't know why, because <laughs> <laughs> you've gone from Russia to America and we're talking about English football teams. <laughs> But my point is, because it sounds more dramatic, like a trailer. <laughs> God damn it, I love you. <laughs> so with all that said. So, so so, I'm confused now because I don't know if we're arguing or if we're agreeing on this at this point. Um, like, what's happening? No. Uh, the, the, I, well, my, you stopped my, me in my track, so I lost my... All right, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, no, that's you, fine. You should never, you should never interrupt the Sophie rant. The uh, I, I'm saying that, like, if you want to look at it this way, your point about Mikel Arteta taking something from this 
and hopefully using it either as fuel. Yeah, go on a run. Go on learning a run. experience. Yeah, you know, whether we go on a run now immediately as a result of it, no, you got to go on a run. You can't. We are better four games, Jared. What is it? Four games now. We've stuttered. Right about, but it, I guess it, it's all a matter of perspective. Four games that we've not been our best. What's or the not perspective, Jared? That we we're, we're, we've been rubbish the last four games. Well. It depends on how you look at it. Some people look at it. Excuse me, where's the bell? Lacking, slacking on this show. Jeez. We'll there's two bells <laughs> and neither one rung. That's the second time we're counting TikTok here at Squad Central. <laughs> but no, it's it's interesting in that some people strictly look at the points you take from every game and that's the measure of success or failure. Or you can look at the performances and say there's something there that's either positive or negative. But Coming away from this game, I'm not terribly deterred in where the team is because I thought for a good part of the game, we were outplaying arguably the best team in England. But good teams, or not good teams, championship-winning teams get results. Whether they're playing better or getting the worst of it, they find ways to get results. And that's where Arsenal struggles that Manchester City has an edge on us. When we don't play our best, we're not getting points. It's 11 when, games now, and Arteta's record against City since he's been manager is rubbish. And, you know, at some point, okay, maybe we end up winning the league because we beat, you know, um, Southampton or whoever. Wolves. I'll, I'll win it that way. Right? That's fine. That's fine. We see this in the NFL all the time. However, we see okay. teams that just, they, they try, they try, they try, and then they finally get over the hump at some point, and then it's done. Is that not kind of the same thing as we're facing but, here? But we haven't overcome the hump because no, I think no, we because haven't. we've got two games against Manchester City in the game at home. We didn't get any points from it, and that's a problem. And and that's the difference. If you're a team that competes for top four, you don't have to beat the other teams in the top four race. Right, but you're competing all. to be champions of England. Exactly right. If you want to be a champion, though, now you're in a, now you're in the stratosphere where you have to get something from those games. Now, right. if we go to the Etihad with Jesus, with Thomas Party, and come out of there with three points, you know, that changes things like dramatically. I hope we don't, I, yeah, I hope we don't go to the Etihad with Eddie Nakedia. I hope we <laughs> go to the, the Jesu had with, with Jesus. Who's up front other than Eddie right now? I mean, really nobody. You've got limited choices. The, the one that people would call for is probably Gabriel Martinelli, who incidentally is a pretty decent header of the ball, but. Would you consider playing Trossard up there? Trossard gets eaten alive by, by other wingers. It's It just doesn't suit him or his strengths, in my no opinion. No one on the bench, not even one of the young guys on the bench. There's nobody that can Tyrese John-Jules is my solution to this whole situation. We've, we, we're winning the league when, when, when Tyrese John-Jules comes in. I mean, he's the, he's the answer. You see, this is the problem. Like, as much as we all defended the January transfer window, when you play against a team like City, this is the difference. So it's okay. You know, if it you're is. competing for top four, like Jared just said, we're fine. We're quids in. We're cool. We're good. Are you supposed to change around 24 people in three seasons, though? Like, like I mean, the, that's my thing about the, the personnel. I mean, we. Well, they change, they change every season. They, 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 they. they that's We're the not point a, of not having to do a wholesale change and make it feel like a bottom-up build. Well, but they're right, the right the teams, the right teams that play to win, evolve every transfer window. 
And if not, it's every other transfer window. Well, and the reason we've why evolved the football for the last club have stagnated. Yes, no, we've evolved in the last three transfer windows. If look at Liverpool Football Club, they stopped investing. They should have invested in their midfield. They haven't made those moves. They're languishing. Previously, well, they, they were the, they were the kings. They, they were brilliant. Their, they lost their magic. I mean, they 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 only invested in the first place because they sold two players for eight figures. Yeah, but they continued Luis Diaz. I mean, come on, they're unlucky that Luis Diaz got injured. Darwin Nunes, he's not scoring, but he's helping the team. Like you, you look at you, you look at the players that they've invested in in the last three or four windows. What I'm saying to you is, if you want to win the league, you've got to continually be investing. Well, and, and, I would and we argue, invest, and I would but say. then, but you've got to also, Mike get marquee players. So what Arsenal Football Club do every window, and we've seen it since Kazola, Kazol, um, Alexis Sanchez, Meza Ozil, well, one marquee player. Bomb, I, bomb, think, bomb, bomb, I bomb. think you can win with Moneyball as well, but not just Moneyball. But I, and, and I agree with you. Finally, and I, I, think, I spoke to Billy Bean today. Did you? Did you really? Yes. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. I know a person that spoke to Billy Bean today. <laughs> what, what, did you speak to Billy Bean or Brad Pitt? No, well, listen, he he's like he 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 chills and he knows that Brad Pitt played him. In his Why life, did you so speak to Billy Bean today? Well, because actually we're mates, and uh, Billy Bean has been on the show previous a few times, and really? we stayed in touch. Uh, I interviewed him on an old show I did years ago, and we kept in touch. And uh, I spoke to Andy coming Rhodes on. today. I mean, that's my that's my prize of the day, and and just, it wasn't um, even a pleasant conversation. If you guys have a question? He's going to come on a show with another very special guest. Oh, you're in killing me! You're killing me with this. Now, uh, first Vic Akers, now Billy Bean. Now, um, but but I mean, my whole reference to that was I think that okay, well, we're, this is going to go down a rabbit hole, but I think you know we, I think we've done well at bringing players in, given the fact that we oh I have massive I only have massive guest envy when it comes to Sophie, but then it's not envy because I because she's the only person that I truly believe could do better with these guests than I could, and she proved it with Vic Akers. So. So, oh, by the way, Vic's family loved that. I got they they were so sweet. You were amazing really, with Vic Akers. I and and as he, I've told you in private, you you're coming on the part two episode. That's the deal. Oh, that's done. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I, I I've always wanted to have Vic Akers on the Gooners podcast. Well, you're, you're officially he, invited to part two at the end of the season. I would love to be. And 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 I realized when he came on the Highbury squad that my interview with Vic Akers would have been absolute crap compared to you. <laughs> um, and not just because of Kevin's connection to him, but because of your your viewpoints on and, and questions for him. So anyway, I you know, I I will always uh, concede great guests to you because you do a better job with them than, than we do. I love how Jared it gets like dark in the pool. Like you know, over time, this sets the mood with, with with the way Arsenal plays. It was really bright earlier in the day, and now it's just slowly. Well, but now you can see the you can see the hill with the palm. You can see the hill with the palm trees. <laughs> the unicorn, and, though the unicorn always has to be in the frame. What well, I mean, and I'm not controlling you. The unicorn goes where it wants to go. Um, don't they you know, all, I, babe? Don't they all? But but. I forgot what we, uh, you know, where Jared where we needs were, to take but, over, and then yeah, I'll leave you guys to yeah, do a show. I just well, popped in to say hi. <laughs> well, well, no, you. 
we we wanted yeah. your your opinion on this because a you're you and b we know you can let a little bit more loose than you can on the hybrid squad on, <laughs> on, on the Gooners podcast and uh and c because we love you and um and and whatever anyone says no matter what everyone tells me about you i still think you're great <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> oh god now um jared take just take this away from me please uh we no, have some yeah, questions i've actually starred a few things uh i don't know if you saw that or not but uh we have a few things that i put on there that we wanted to circle back on and then uh we'll do our yeah, best I mean, to try to keep this to like an hour 15. yeah if you ever looked at the private chat you'd know i obviously did see those things oh. but Wow. <laughs> now we've got we do have a few in here i'm gonna start with this way one too good Daniel. for this podcast the whole show. i knew i knew i knew i wanted that yeah i want i saved this because i wanted your opinion on it so if daniel robert my uh i, I love me some daniel robert mm -hmm. um can you just get behind the next 10 seasons and you know i mean look we're not going to win it this season but the next 10 seasons are going to be great so now yolo doesn't that. mean anything right um instant gratification is you know sometimes not a good thing right jared but and mike but win now when you can american sports this is what i love about america the insatiable appetite to win and be winners and when you smell it and you see it teams put their money behind it and uh actually we saw Cronky do that with the rams last year and they won the super bowl so I say win now when you can. I'm doing now. <laughs> that's a, yeah, I mean, that's a good example of win while you can because they've taken a dramatic turn for the oh, worse yeah. since that happened. A lot of Super Bowl teams do tank on. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a different that's dynamic, but but it's a good yeah. example of what you're talking about for the season that they did win it. But it's just yeah. the structure and the parity that's built into American sports with the draft and the tanking and all the rest of it. It's sort of set up for that to happen, which, you know, some people like it, some people don't. I'm going to go, well, I'll skip that one since it's Daniel again. We'll go to uh, to Mark. And this is a good one going into the weekend as we talked about some of the subs today. So, Soph, I'll send this one to you. We got Villa on Saturday. What, if any, changes are you making based on what you saw today? I would, you know what? I would play Tierney. I would bring Ben White back. Um, if Partey isn't fit, Jorginho plays. I would like to maybe see Jorginho with Fabio Vieira, even though I don't rate Vieira, because Xhaka hasn't been great, but he will start. Xhaka with Jorginho, Odegaard. I would like to see Trossard on the left, give Martinelli a run up front for Ooh. a game like this. Um, not because I want him to be physically abused by centre-backs for the rest of the season, but maybe for a game like this, it could be an interesting spin and something yeah, of an extra. Who are their centre-backs? Mings and... Uh... Um, oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. Yeah, well, Mings, who, by the way, is actually having a better season this year um, than than he did last year, but that was because he and Gerard didn't really get on well, so you didn't really see the best of him, and he took the captaincy away from him. But this Villa team are really going to be ready for us, you know. And Chambers played in the last game as centre back, but let's be honest, Daniel Robert, he shouldn't have right. It he's that was that was bad. That was that's your bad. guy though. That's your man. Yeah. I, <laughs> no. I love the Chambers Nikolaus story. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's funny. 
But yeah, no. I mean, those are the. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's interesting, and I know Daniel put another question in here that kind of piggybacks on that one. If parties fit for the weekend, after what you saw from Jorginho today, you know, who who are you playing in your midfield between Jaka party and Jorginho? Do you make any dramatic changes and let Jorginho stay in, or do you go right back to party Jaka that's been successful for the most part for for the entire season? If it's a muscle injury, do you really think he's going to be back for the weekend? I don't. Do you? He'll be Everybody. back for the weekend, but the weekend that he's going to be back for is in August of 2025. Yeah, it that's feels like anytime, anytime he says he felt something, that's a month. You know, it's unfortunate, but it's just month. one of those guys. It's you're, you're never talking days, you're talking weeks, and it comes back to kill us every time we really need him. Uh, I mean, I think that... Jorginho played well enough if Partey's not, if Partey's not like, you know, at his best to play and he's still, we're still, I'd rather have him for the rest of the season than risk him, Completely. you know, for this, for this game. Um, especially, you know, Aston Villa have a good midfield, Kamara, David Luiz, um, you know, they've got, they've got good options, but I would rest him that was the case. I would tend to agree. One, because Jorginho looked like he slotted in pretty well. And two, regardless of the matchup, every game's worth the same three points. And I don't want to send him out there injured for one game and then have him miss the next four or five, which is something that I think is always on the table when you've got a guy with a muscle injury that consistently seems to to miss games here and there. Yeah, I'm looking at their lineup, Jared, against City. um, Because City played the 3-2-4-1 and Villa played the four four two. Aaron uh, Ramsey maybe in. Uh, Watkins and Bailey and um, Ramsey played on the right. Uh, Buendia on the left. Uh, he did make like five substitutions in that game, of course. But, but this is one of those games where it really doesn't matter who's on the pitch or not. It's 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 Emmy Martinez, and 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 uh, I mean we'll have a penalty and we'll save it. It's. Um, it's Unai, or as as you like to call him, Unaya Emery. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing that you do wrong that I love the most. Uh, Unaya uh, just has this thing on us, and I, I mean, and and you know, and, and it's a twelve thirty kickoff, which isn't great. No, it's four thirty. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Honestly, are you are you doing a post game show? After no, that? no, 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 no. All right. So uh, got a big day tomorrow. So no, no. Yeah. Uh, um, well, look, I loved hanging out with you guys. I'm going to duck out and let you guys do your thing. Thank you for having me. No, th- thanks for joining. You've got the probably the only person out there that's got an open invitation anytime we're on. If you want to join, no. you're on the show without yeah. question. Maybe I'll jump into your post game once at yeah. the weekend. You know what? You're 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 always welcome. You don't need you know. We don't need to set up a special link for you. You always have it, and um, and you know, without doing what I would do if we were off air right now, I just I I can't tell you how much I love and support you right now. And love and you um, thank you so much. Do you think I should order ribs or like a beef dip or um? I have uh, I have uh, nine and a half pounds of crab legs left that I ordered yesterday from some restaurant supply. So hungry, I'm gonna that, go. 
it, it, I mean, it was the stupidest thing I've ever done. I ordered 10 pounds of crab legs. It arrived in a huge box, and I realized I'd neither have the storage, the appetite, or the ability to to uh, to, to properly preserve these things. So, you know. Fine. I'm going to go get a lobster roll. Have there some crab. Go, uh, go drive but, down but, Newport Beach and get a lobster roll. See ya. But, Soph, I love you and Tony, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, so. All right, Mike, we got a couple more questions before we get out of here. We'll try and get out before the top of the hour. Land so ribs. we'll pump them in. You can just take all of these. And ribs are always the correct answer, by the oh, way. Ribs. So Daniel Robert again. Is it the end of the world this season if we finish third with no trophy? So no Europa League. We'll have Champions League football. Oh, that's such a good question. Is it? I can talk myself into being okay with that, but it is going to be pretty fucking disappointing. I Although... Agree. Although, if the end, it, I mean, let me change this question around. Is it the end of the world if we finish second with no trophy? Is it really any different? Or is it just the fact that Manchester United will have gotten in front of us? Because I'm assuming that's who would have, who would claim second from us. Um, if we finish second to Manchester City with no, and, and now I'm, now I'm coming to the answer of that. If we finish second with no trophy, and the only trophy we're involved in if we finish second is the Europa League. And with the number of teams that are in the Europa League that are, you know, pretty significant dropping down, let's just assume we're not going to win the Europa League. If we finish second to Manchester City, I will be thrilled with that. If we finish third behind City and United because of the fact that I will be shitting my pants at what United might be able to accomplish with their money to continue to build upon this team and their new found fiscal slash chemistry responsibility with their club and not just buying the, the, the latest thing and actually building a, a team and following our example. That will piss me off more because not, not just because we finished third, but because I think that we'll have a tougher time next season if that happens. So, no, yes, yes, Daniel Robert, it is the end of the world if we finish third with no trophy. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not into the world type of guy, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't want United to finish ahead of us. I thought what you said there was spot on, but it would certainly be disappointed given the way we played this year and the quality that my hope is that even if we can't. I mean, they've, they've been shambles. They didn't deserve to beat us. They well, didn't deserve to be in the, in the, in the, the, uh, into the game as long as they were when we finally overcame them. They've they've shit the bed in so many different cases, and yet they're still there. And what's worse is they're figuring it out. They're not just winning because of pure brute talent. They're winning because they're actually building a side. And that's what worries me, because as long as they kept doing the Ronaldo thing and as long as they kept doing the, the Jaden Sancho thing, like, like, they just clearly didn't get it. Like they were doing what Chelsea is doing now. And my fear is that they've sorted it out. And, and, and that depresses me because they're now a challenger because they've got more money than we do to throw around. And if they've sorted it out mentally and with a team and a team building standpoint, then they're going to really be tough to beat in the next couple of seasons. Yeah. They've definitely done a lot of good work to set themselves up for the future in the way we have. I'm going to go to one more question. We'll end on this one. This one obviously meant for you. When is Magic Mike coming back to London so we can eat lamb ribs together? And more importantly, Arsenal can start winning again. All right, let's go over this. Um, <laughs> Tottenham, we won. 
Manchester United, we won. Then I left. <laughs> we lost to City in the Cup. Not the worst game in the world, but, you know, hey. Lost to Everton. Drew against Brentford. And, you you know, we have our own opinions about whether that was a capitulation or, or a robbery. Um, lost against City. Pay me to go back there. I don't have an unlimited amount of money. Pay me, and I will go back there. I will force people to give up their tickets so that I can sit in their seats, and we will win the league. I do a lot of good charitable work, okay? I'm not tooting my own horn, but, but okay, I, 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 I try. But, like, get me over there without me having to fund it and, and you know, and, 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 and everyone email my wife, please. Yeah, she'll and love tell that. her that there is a bigger cause than our marriage that needs to happen right now so that I'm not the one who has to say that. Because if I say that, our mar the marriage is over. Get me over there. And, uh, and, I, can, I, and I will guarantee you a league title. Um, or maybe I just made a mistake going on AFTV after the Manchester United game and saying that it was over. I mean, that could also be the case. But, but I need to be back over. As for when I am actually coming back over, it more than likely will be at some point between now and the end of the season. But I don't want it to be too late. Um, we need to have lamb ribs. Kang Ree wants lamb ribs. Mark McCreden wants lamb ribs. Um, lamb ribs are the the. Uh, I mean, Jared, you are a uh, both a normal person, a very calm person, a professional person. I am the opposite of all those things, but lamb ribs, no one can, I mean, the, no one's talking about the impact of lamb ribs on Arsenal's championship campaign right now. And, um, and I think it needs to be talked about more and karaoke at the Arsenal Tavern on Friday night. No one's talking about, you know, about that. So well, right now, go. right now I know Jared and he's thinking we need to end this. Uh, because Mike is going completely <laughs> off the rails. So, so if that's the case, let's end it. But yeah, I mean, I got to get over there. Uh, we need to, you know, we need to have more men getting in bed with me shouting it's football day, because when that's not happening, when we're having to use like stored videos for that to get the hype going, this is what's wrong with Arsenal right now. So, um, so, so pay me, get the, get the fundraisers together. Use whatever fundraising platform you need to, and um, and I will appeal to my wife and say I'm being called into action, and I will go. If nominated, I will go. Well, there you go. Everybody in the chat, you heard it right there. The job has been put on you. You know what to do, and that's where we're going to end today's show. So for everybody tuning in, thank you so much. Be sure to drop a like on the video while you're here. Subscribe if you're new. Hit the bell so you don't miss any updates on Lamb Ribs, Mike's ne next trip over, or anything else that's happening in his personal life. And we will be back with you soon. And as always, come on, you gooners. In the Gooners Podcast, a production of TGP Media, wholly on subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets 
of Bird Law. Make sure to check out the Gooners podcast, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners V Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com. And don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners Podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that taught them get better everywhere they go.